the rule of thirds in content strategy. For many marketers and business decision makers, the role of content creation um, really has become the make or break factor in success or failure of their marketing communications. Um, since the middle of the 1990s, pretty much every sector in every country has experienced a real gathering momentum of the importance of high quality words and images and video to convey their key messages about their value of their products and services. Um, in the early days of the internet, a brand's custodian really could decide upon the propositions, strap lines, lists of features and benefits, um, and push these messages out through a variety of online and offline channels. Um, and this methodology really has relied upon the target audience, um, assuming the audience was being targeted, of being receptive to such messages. In many ways, really, it's been a process of one-way communication or a, a very much a monologue. However, since the advent of what we would call Web 2 and the world that we now call social networking, um, the balance of powers really shifted from the brand owner to the target audience themselves. So consumers, business buyers, the media, key influencers are all now in charge of this communication process. So the marketer of today really needs to understand that success in communication comes from what their target audience want and need to hear rather than what they want to tell them. So this can propose or can, can actually introduce a real challenge for the uninitiated communicator. Um, so basically what they have to understand really is each other's nuances, language and subtleties and the conversation, whether it's online or in print, um, needs to really flow effortlessly to a mutually beneficial conclusion. However, having said that, what generally happens is that the marketer and the prospect or customer has very different um, and widely different perspectives of the world. And of course, if this is the case, then the, what the marketer says may well be very, very different to what the receiver of that message um, wants to hear, because a lot of their translation of the communication is going to be based on their own values and previous experiences. And of course, this is where problems can begin. In many ways, we've all at some time experienced when we've said to somebody um, something with good intention um, and our words have been misconstrued. And often this may result in an awkward um, silence or an argument or some kind of rejection. So even the most um, sort of you know, um, experienced marketers, um, if, they're, if they're assuming that simply because they communicate something on their terms that everyone's going to get it, of course, that's very unlikely to be the case. So what we've established now is that it's um, very much more about the receiver than it is the communicator. So it is about what they need and want to hear. Um, and this really needs to um, sort of form almost a mantra, if you like, in terms of how they market their products and services. Um, and in many ways, that mantra, if we were to sort of try and define it as a very simple phrase that people can constantly remind themselves about when they're marketing, is that I, I will communicate outcomes. Um, and our outcomes are very, very different to the trusted, you know, sort of features and benefits that we've all been very used to promoting. Um, and also, they're very different, really, to the more recently popular sort of return on investment stories, those kinds of case studies that we've been sort of thinking about communicating um, over recent years. And, um, and very different to the outputs or the things that, you know, customers can see and hear and do as a result of acting on, you know, the messages or taking those products and services. So the outcome is something that actually engages at a deeper psychological level. And when this happens, 
what happens is that the um, receiver of those messages really starts to engage and think, actually, the person who's talking to me, the company who's marketing to me, the organization who's promoting to me really do understand me. And this is what you've got to try and get to, is this point of real psychological engagement. Now, what we find here is that if we can take people through, particularly in this early phase of engagement, where people are just becoming aware of you as a product or service or as a brand, what we're trying to do here is to begin to take them through the psychological process of hope, faith and trust. Now, they arrive at your door with the hope that they may find a solution. And, of course, as they listen to stories of likely impossible outcomes of engaging with you, they start to build faith that the solution lies with you. And then, of course, when they hear the outcomes of others just like them who have gone before you, they begin to trust um, and then sort of take this process to the level of conversion where a real customer then can be created. Now, of course, to try and balance this kind of communication requires more than simply just promoting a portfolio of very sales-driven testimonials and case studies and reference sites and you know, happy quotes from happy customers. What we've really got to try and do here is establish that this organisation really understands this customer. And of course, that's really what this is all about, is that, you know, this organisation is just like them. It reflects their values, it reflects their hopes, and it reflects the needs that they have when they're looking for products and services like you. And then the answer appears to lie in all different sectors, both public sector and private sector. It, it lies in, the, in what we call the rule of thirds. Now, this is the balance of content strategy that seems to appeal to this hope, faith and trust model of real true engagement with people who you're trying to communicate with. And this whole idea of rule of thirds builds upon the theory that three is a fundamental prime number and it is in nature, it works in art, it works in photography and it's a rule of natural balance. And as marketers seek to find the balance that convinces their customers that they're talking their language, the rule of thirds in content provides a, well if you like, a daily checkpoint in the delivery of highly effective content. Now, the rule of thirds splits down into personal, point and promote. So, for example, using Twitter, every third tweet, for example, should be personal. Every third tweet should be point and every third tweet should be promote. Now, let me explain what those three things are. So, for personal, this third is about getting to know the business, the person or the brand. The more personal the marketer can make it, the more effective it'll be. For example, in social media, and it's called social for a reason, using one third of content to help to know the characters behind the brand or in the business is significantly more engaging than just using bland corporate information. So that's one third personal. One third is what we call point. Now, this third is about signposting to interesting third party blogs, articles, videos and content that the target audience will find engaging or useful. Knowing what subjects and interests your social media connections have and are discussing will ensure that you tap into the conversations and topics that are going to add value to them. Using a social networking insight service such as socialreport.com can help to give you details of such subjects. And of course then by publishing one third of all content in this way, the marketer, brand or business is going to be perceived as current, relevant and informed. And these are vital ingredients in the building of that faith and trust that we talked about before. 
Having done those two thirds, then you can do the third third, which is promote. Taking a step back here to the old school style of promotional marketing, one third of what you publish can be of a promotional nature as long as you've added value with those previous two thirds. And remembering here that it's about promoting outcomes and not just features and benefits. So we've discussed the content rule of thirds at the awareness phase in the customer's journey, but of course it has equal value and merit as you convert those customers and then as you retain them later. And of course, at the latter stages of customer engagement, it can provide great value in keeping existing customers engaged and importantly, probably helping to inspire advocacy as they pass vital messages onwards to their contacts and peers. And of course, many of those will be just like them. So this enhanced reach is an essential benefit of consistently applying the content rule of thirds, which works in all forms of information publishing, whether through words or images or video.